0: ago, we started in on something. Our series for this year, for the time being, we're talking about who we are in Christ. We call this, Who Are You? A couple months ago, I played the the clip from The Who that opens the CSI episodes, that one day I was at work. And this is how God speaks to me sometimes. You know, sometimes you'll get a piece of music that'll just go round and round in your head, and it just won't stop and you know that's definitely not always a God thing. Because sometimes there are pieces of music that just really stink. <laughs> I was trying to come up, trying to come up with a nice word. People tend to look at you a little bit weird if you're in the pulpit and you say that something sucks. Because, so I will be, I will be nice and just say that some music just stinks. <laughs> but I had this clip from The Who, the song "Who Are You," just running round and round in my head. Who are you? Who who? Who are you? i really want to know and at first i'm thinking okay lord yes i really want to know who you are we need a revelation of who god is we need a revolution a revelation we need a revolution too but we need a revelation of who our savior is we need to understand who he is in us yeah but as that kept going around in me the lord began to speak to me and i don't mean an audible voice i've I have never heard an audible voice from heaven, but I know the voice of God when he speaks in my spirit. And he said, that's great. I want you to know who I am. But who are you? In the book of Acts, we were listening to this on the way to work one day, and in the book of Acts, when Paul had been preaching the gospel and casting out demons in the name of Jesus, some Jewish sorcerers decided well if this works for Paul let's see if it'll work for us you, you find the story of the seven sons of Sceva they they go out and they, they go to this demon possessed man and they say we adjure you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out of him and the demons look at him and say well Jesus I know <laughs> and Paul I know but who are you? and the Demon in that man rises up and beats the snot out of all seven of them and they run away naked and beaten. Because they tried to, they tried to act on something that they hadn't had a revelation of. You can't just do something because you saw somebody else do it. I've seen this, I've seen this in churches. I've seen this in ministries. Because the Lord will speak to somebody and say, I've called you to full-time ministry. I've called you to do this. I, I believe that the call of God is on my life to full-time ministry. I believe that that's what we're supposed to be doing. But I've seen people that God will call them and say, okay, I want you to leave behind your secular employment. I want you to begin to minister full-time. And if the Lord tells you to do that, yeah, yeah, you better do it. But Chaplain McCollum said it this way: I, one of the first times I was in this building, and she was talking about what it, what they went through to pay for this building. And she says, "If it's God's will, it's His bill." Yeah. And I I took that to heart. So if if God tells you to do that, and you step out in faith, He's going to provide for you. Yeah. But I've seen I've seen this happen. I I know people personally who have who have done this who. They saw somebody else do it. They saw somebody else step out into full-time ministry to quit their secular job and to begin preaching the gospel full-time. They saw God provide for them. So they said, well, if that guy can do it, I can do it too. But they hadn't heard from God to do it. And they got out there and things started getting real rough real quick. And so we have to know who we are in Christ. We have to know... The plan and the purpose that God has for us. So, this is part three. It's actually part two of part two. Because last time we were here, we began talking about this. That because Jesus is alive, we we started this on Easter Sunday in here. And because Jesus is alive, we are alive. Because he is alive in us, we are alive. So we've been made alive in Christ. So that's what we want to talk about tonight. And we're going to start in Colossians chapter 2. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are with us. You never leave us or forsake us. Your Holy Spirit is here to teach us your word. We honor you and we praise you. We come before your throne boldly and yet humbly because we know that you said that we can boldly approach the throne of grace to find help in time of need. Lord, we acknowledge our dependence on you. We acknowledge that we need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to start in, I've got verse 9 in the notes, let's see. Let's actually back up to, oh boy. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever done this, but... I, I get this. This happens to me all the time, especially in Paul's writings. You start backing up. And if you're not careful, you will wind up back at chapter one, verse one. We don't have time to go back that far. We'll just start at the top of my page. Verse six, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord. So let's, let's stop there for a second. I know a lot of you. A lot of you have seen a lot of you in our services before. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord? Yes. All right. Then this applies to you. If you don't know Jesus, this doesn't apply to you. If you don't know Jesus, you got trouble. <laughs> now, getting to know Jesus doesn't mean you're not going to have trouble, because the Word is clear. I, I quote this one all the time: In this world. You will have tribulation. You will have trouble. But, (laughs) I love that because that but doesn't erase the first part, but it negates it. You still have the trouble. But, be of good cheer, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. The Amplified there says, I have deprived the world of its power to hurt you. So, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So we are to walk in Him, rooted and built up, built up in Him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. You take a look at plants. Plants that are properly planted are rooted. I picked up one of these plants one day to demonstrate that and found out real quick that they weren't rooted. <laughs> it came right out of the pot. That's <laughs> it. Oh, it's like this land is not rooted. <laughs> so we're to be rooted and built up in him. Being rooted means we have a foundation in him. Rooted and built up. Established in the faith as you have been taught. Abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware. So be aware. Be alert. Watch out for this. Lest anyone cheat you through philosophy, through empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. We see this a lot in in church circles. And I'm not going to start picking on any one tradition, any one denomination, because with my family history, pick a denomination, we've been part of it at some point. <laughs> we, we we joke about this in my family because my dad was raised church of Christ. Then he went to a a, uh, Presbyterian college and met a Presbyterian pastor's daughter. They got married in one Baptist church, attended another Baptist church, until they got filled with the Holy Spirit and wound up among the Pentecostals. (laughs) After After a few years in the Pentecostal church, there were some things that happened with the leadership of that denomination and of that church, and mom and dad were asked to leave, at which point we became independent charismatics. So, and, and through my family background, through the history, you'll find other, other religious denominations in there. So I'm not going to pick on any one of them, but we all have our traditions. Every denomination has them. <laughs> and so what he's saying here is don't let, don't get wrapped up in all of that. Yes, right? Right, amen. Don't get wrapped up in any tradition. Right, Tra- traditions are not bad in and of themselves. My, the church that we attend now, we attend extreme church in prior Oklahoma and the church that we attend, the music is loud, the lights are flashy, there's fog, there's a, there's loud drums, we've got it cranked up in there and it's good. I enjoy it. But at the same time, I can walk into a church where they're playing a pipe organ and singing traditional hymns. And if the hymn is glorifying God, I can worship God with it. It used to be when I I was growing up, we would, of course, we were in church every time the doors were open and mom and dad had the keys. So the doors were open whenever we needed them to be. But when I was growing up, we would turn on Christian television while we're getting ready for church on Sunday morning. And the last thing that we would hear before we left the house, because we'd leave the house just a few minutes after 10 o'clock, and it was the Coral Ridge Hour with B. James Kennedy. Presbyterian, big pipe organs, and we'd hear that big opening hymn. And I enjoyed it. I loved that. And then we'd go to church and we'd do whatever we were doing at church that day. So it's not that traditions are bad, but it's that if we get bound up in them, there are people that... Are more bound up in the tradition than in the one that we're supposed to be worshiping. We we ministered in a church one time, and there was a table similar to that one that's by, back by the back wall that a uh, like a similar to a communion table, but it wasn't set up for communion. It was just the table was empty. Well. When I'm setting up stuff, I gotta have some place to set down my, you know, set down my cases or something. I set down a case on that table and you would have thought I'd peed on somebody's shoes. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it, they freaked. They flipped out. I'm like, I'm sorry. It was a flat surface. <laughs> Don't leave me a flat surface if you're not gonna let me set up on it. Then they went, they went and we, we managed to get what we needed, but it was just because I'd messed with their tradition, and I'm, th- and I'm thinking if you didn't want your traditions messed with, you invited the wrong ministry team. <laughs> because Dad and I will both do that. <laughs> anyway, that's totally off topic. Where we? Where did we? How did we get there, Lord? <laughs> Beware, that's where we were Beware lest anyone cheat you Through philosophy, through empty deceit According to the traditions of men According to the basic principles of the world Not according to Christ But this is who Christ is Let's look at verse 9 For in him, that's in Christ Jesus Dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily Verse 10 And you are complete in him Who is the head of all principality and power Don't let anybody tell you you're not complete. This says you have been made complete in him. Everything that you have need of is in him. You're in him. John chapter 17 says that we would be one, that he is in us, that we are in him. Jesus says that as the Father and I are one, so you and I would be one. I in you and you in me. And that's what, That's God's plan. We are complete in him. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So that's who he is. But if that's who he is, because he is alive, we said. Because he is alive, we are alive. Because we are in him. Because we are members of the body of Christ. Whatever the word says about him. Whatever the word says about Jesus. We're in him, and he's in us. So whatever the word says about Jesus, the word says about us. So because in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, in me dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now that doesn't mean that I'm God. That was where Satan fell in terror. He said, I'll be like God. I'll exalt my throne above the most high. Stupid move, dude. <laughs> Stupid. That may very well be the answer to the question, how stupid can you be? <laughs> but because he is in me, not because of anything I did, this is, this is where that humility comes into play. I, it's not because of anything I did, it's because he chose me. That's right, Amen. And because he chose me, because I'm in him, and because he's in me, because he is in me, I am complete. Verse 11, in him you also were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. This means that we have been, we have been set apart. In the Old Testament, the sign of circumcision set the Israelite people apart. It was something that nobody else did. David comes along when Goliath has been taunting the Israelite army. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Well, in the New Testament, that there's not an outward sign for the people of God. There's an inward sign that we have been sealed. Our hearts have been circumcised because he loves us, because he put his mark on us. we were buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. This is where we wanted to get with this part of it. Verse 13. And you being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh. So we were dead. You being dead, he has made alive together with him, having having forgiven you all, all trespasses. We've, we've, we've talked about this word all before. But the definition is really pretty simple. All. It means leaving nothing out. That means whatever you have done, whatever sin you've committed, He has wiped it out. He nailed it to the cross. Some of you may have been at some of these services and I've I've seen this done and it's 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 a good thing. I, I appreciate it, where people will write down the things they've done and then they'll go and put them on the cross. You know, the, the, you'll, you'll come in and you'll see a cross covered with sticky notes. I'm I'm fine with that. But whether I put it on the cross or not, he put it on the cross. <coughs> I took up my cross and I followed him to Calvary. Oh, and then we see this over in the book of Galatians. He says, I have been past tense once and for all done deal. Yes, ma'am. I just want to say right now, I'm reading uh, Max Cicado, uh milk, I strongly suggest everyone here read it. Good, stuff. good, good call. I, I agree that is, that is a good one. It's been a while since I read it, but it is very good. It is very good. Praise God. But over in Galatians, he says, I have been, I have been, past tense, done deal, once and for all. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself in me. So everything that we've done, Verse 14, He has wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. I heard, I heard this recently, and I had not heard this previously, but I I went and studied it out, and I, I see, I see what it was, and I see the way it works. In, in New Testament times, you would have If a person had, if a person had accumulated more debt than they could pay, this happens. People wind up just running up massive amounts of debt, whether, whether intentionally or just to try to live. I I read a case of a woman recently who was, who's somehow a, not a deposit, but just a huge increase in her overdraft protection on her bank account came up where she could keep swiping the debit card and it would keep going through. And she took off with it and started buying all kinds of stuff. Till she's about four hundred thousand in the hole. And and then suddenly now she's in trouble. She's a thief. That's 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 stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. But, in New Testament times, somebody would get themselves into a into debt and would be unable to pay it. They would write it out. They'd write out their debt. And they'd put it up. They'd put up a piece of paper, parchment, a scroll, with their debts on it. And if they were fortunate, if they were blessed, somebody who had the means and had the capability would come along and take that, take that parchment, fold it over and cover it. And they would, they would take care of it in the same way the handwriting requirement that was against us. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. But when Jesus was nailed to that cross, He took that handwriting of requirements that was against us out of the way and he nailed it to the cross. Our sins were nailed to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substances of Christ. Now, we have a little bit of time here, and I am at the end of my notes there from last time, but I saw something this morning in church and I thought, ah, it fits perfectly in there. <laughs> we were, we were talking this morning at church, our, our current series that our pastor just started this morning, it's called Operation. And this morning we were talking about brain surgery. He's talking about changing the way you think. So, Just jump down a few verses, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. So we saw that we were buried with Christ. Chapter 3, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, because he is alive, we are alive. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Now, he's above but he's in us, we're in him. He's the right. head, we are the body. Yeah, right. My head is above the rest of my body. Yeah, right. But it's not, this is not way, it's we're not talking about Christ being, being right. way out there somewhere, because right. he's in us. Yeah. He's right here. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Copeland used to say it this way, and I, I love it, and I've quoted it repeatedly. He'd say, people would... People would come to him and say, well, I just feel like my prayers didn't get any higher than the ceiling. He'd say, they don't have to get any higher than your nose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because when you pray, Jesus is in you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if he's in you and you're in, set your mind on things above, okay. which means be ruled by the spirit of God that is in you. Is. Yeah. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, yeah. set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Okay. Why? verse 3 for you died he died we died because he died and we're in him we died with him we have been crucified with Christ for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God when Christ who is our life the spirit of God in me Jesus Christ is my life when Christ who is our life appears then you also will appear with him in glory This is not talking about the rapture. This is not talking about the second coming of Jesus. Will Jesus be revealed then? Absolutely. But he is to be revealed in us right now. Right here, right now. When you're out there walking around the yard, pointing the wrong direction. (laughs) When you're out there, when you're outside this building and you're walking the yard, People should be seeing Jesus in me. I'm I'm not talking about some some weird freaky, you know, holier than thou thing, right? I'm talking about when they look at you. Yeah. I I have not had this happen yet, but I I believe it will and I want it to happen. But the story was was told of Smith Wigglesworth, and I I want to say he was on a train. Somehow I was thinking it was a plane, but that was commercial planes weren't weren't really a thing yet. But I believe he was on a train, and he's just sitting there. And somebody walks past him to you know go to the bathroom or something, and they come back and they just stop. And just practically dropped to their knees like, man, you convict me of my sin. Not because, not because he was out there, you know, he wasn't preaching. This, this, this wasn't like Smith was, you know, up waving his Bible around and preaching. He was just riding a train, riding a train, trying to get to his, probably to his next meeting, you know, but the power of God was on him and that man saw it. That kind of thing hasn't happened to me yet, but I believe it will because Christ is in me and he is to be revealed unto the world because of this, because Christ is our life, because he is in us and we are in him because he is alive in us and we are alive in him for this reason, verse five, therefore put to death your members, which are on the earth. So this is going to tell us this is going to tell us what he meant by verse 2 when he said set your mind on things above not on things of the earth. Yeah. So it says put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Covetousness is one of the most difficult for a lot of people. I I really believe that. Those of you who have been with us know that I don't shy away from preaching what some would call a, quote, prosperity gospel. I believe that the gospel is prosperity. John 10, ten we've quoted it over and over. says, the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they might have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. Every direction you turn in my house, you see that, you see that verse. You turn around, you see... In abundance, to the full, till it overflows. I printed up like eight or nine copies and it's just, it's everywhere. <laughs> because I want, you know, that's, that's God's plan. So I have no problem preaching a prosperity gospel. But here's the thing. I don't, I don't care how much money you have or how little money you have. I don't care how healthy you are or how sick you are. The thing that really matters is your relationship with Jesus. Now, all the other stuff comes with it. Over in the book of Romans, he says, He who did not spare his own son, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? The well-known verse over in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all the stuff, all the goodies shall be added unto you. Over in the book of Luke, the same same passage, the next verse, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So if you seek the kingdom, you're going to get it. <laughs> some some of you have some of you have looked at your kids and said if you don't stop that you're going to get it and that's not what we're talking about here we're going to get the good things that God has for us so put to death put aside all these things he says in another place he says lay all that aside put it off and put on the new man as a matter of fact that's down in verse 8 he says put off all these things Put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of, out of your mouth. And then verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, this is who we are. We may go into more detail about this. one. Who are we? We are holy. We are beloved. God loves you. We spent we some time on that with the nine things you need to know. One of the big ones is that God loves you. Yeah. You have to know. You have to believe the love that God has for you. So as we are holy and beloved, therefore, put on. So you put all that other stuff off and you put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all these things, put on love. If you put on love, Well, God is love. Jesus is the ultimate manifestation of God's love. He came to earth and he died for us because of his love for us. So we set our mind on things above. We, we acknowledge, we acknowledge the work that he did that we don't have to earn our salvation. All we have to do is thank him for the finished work that he's done. And let, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That peace, we've talked about this peace before. Shalom peace, bless you, means nothing missing, nothing broken. The blessing of the Lord, Proverbs ten twenty two. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. That's what shalom really means. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because he is alive, we are alive in him. He is alive in us. Hallelujah. Praise God. we're going to spend some more time on this as as months progress as as we move on through this year we're going to look at more of the things that the word says that we are the word says that we're holy the word says that we're beloved
1: the word says
0: That we are the children of God. Now are we the children of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he appears. We shall be like him. And again. That's not a. That's not somewhere out there in the future. When he appears. He's to appear in us. Because. That same same book. That's over in 1 John. We'll spend some time over there. 1 John. He says. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Because he is alive. We are alive. I am going to wrap it up there. I know we could go a little longer, but we're going to wrap it up there. And before I, before we close out of this, I don't I don't normally make an altar call and I don't really intend to do so tonight either. But I just, I want to say this. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, get to know him tonight. Don't leave that, don't go out that door without knowing him. I, I am not about to be one of those preachers and I've heard this done and it irritated me that would talk about Oh, I did, I actually heard a preacher say this. He's like, I was doing this crusade and we, we had a mighty move of God and there was somebody there that I knew didn't know Jesus and I was, I was giving the altar call and they didn't come forward and then they, they left and they got hit by a car on the way home. I'm like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I could, I, I could, I can just see the father face palming. It's like, don't do that. Don't do that. Because that's, we're not here to try to scare somebody into the kingdom of God. You know, if people, my mom says this all the time, mom says, if they only knew, if people only knew, only understood how good God really is. Because he really is that good. However good you think God is, He's better than that. Yeah. The word of God says that it is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Yeah. I am not here to try to browbeat you into the kingdom. But if you don't know Jesus, he loves you. He has great things for you. I'm, I've, uh, he has so much better for you than you even can imagine. So if you don't know Jesus tonight, get to know him tonight. It is, it's really as simple as this. Romans chapter 10. He says that if you would believe in your heart, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ, confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, we believe that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. We've spent all this time talking about it. because He is alive. And because he is alive, we have been made alive. We have become alive in him. Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you that you are alive. That you went to the cross of Calvary. That you took the stripes upon your back to purchase healing for us. By your stripes, we are healed. That you took the nails in your hands. That you paid the price for our redemption. To bring us to you. To redeem us from the curse of the law. You have redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. Why? So that the blessing would come on us. So that we can receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Because you are alive, we are alive in you. We thank you, Lord, for it. Lord, I thank you that every need, spirit, soul, body, physical, financial, relational, every need is met in accordance with your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we honor you. We praise you for that in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.